Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. Back to back nights, but not back to back results. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can cast this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive lunch break or whenever you need your wrestling fix make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode remember you can ask your smart device to play the daily ddt podcast if you like content like this check out our writers at dailyddt.com and if you want to hear more from me give me a follow on twitter and instagram at jaden becker tv last night was wrestlemania 37 night two and as i mentioned in the uh the brief uh lead there uh, i i don't believe it stood up to night one as well as uh, as it could have there, especially with a few matches underwhelming. But we're going to get right into it. Uh, before, I also want to talk about what I did last night as well and talk about the predictions. I went 10 for 14 with the predictions. I'm very proud about that. And uh, usually, you know, sometimes these predictions can go really good or really bad for me. <laughs> it goes either way. There's no, there's no real um, middle ground, if you will. Uh, and night one, I went 6 for 7. And night two, I went 4 for 7. And uh, getting a couple wrong that I think a lot of people got wrong. I talked to a couple friends as well and went through their predictions. So I, I know a guy that went over seven. My little brother went one for seven in night two. And uh, thus giving me the victory, the almighty victory of um, beating him and the rest of the family in uh, predictions. I should be winning every pay-per-view in my in my head. But it uh, d- doesn't always uh, crumble like that. It <laughs> doesn't always work out. My brother had me beat for Elimination Chamber and Fastlane, which uh, hurt all my feelings. All my feelings. But hey, the champion is rightfully back in in the Becker household, if you will. And uh, we do these things, you know, month after month, you know, just to keep the family connected and all stuff like that. Really nice to see. All right, we're going to get right into our show review for last night's WrestleMania 37 Night 2. But first, let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever. The Lawnmower 3.0, that third-generation trimmer, features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at Manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at Manscaped.com. I'm lack of confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Let's get right into WrestleMania Night 2. WrestleMania 37 night two, let that be. I hate just calling it WrestleMania. It's bothered me ever since they changed it. Was that back at WrestleMania 31, I think, or WrestleMania 32? I think they just started just calling it WrestleMania straight up. I, I like to give it a, a dignification of what WrestleMania this is because I feel like that's important. So, WrestleMania 37 night two. Uh, starting off the show with Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil, both in pirate outfits, of course, of, of all things. And uh, what I love to see, not love, but I, lo- I love to see the genuine thing, crowd reaction. So you know, Matt, you're not getting no more of what WWE wants you to hear. You're getting what you're going to hear uh, with the fans actually that giving the, their uh, uh, genuine, immediate feedback. And I think that was one thing that was lacking with the... Uh, WWE throughout the pandemic era, obviously lacking the fans, but you're lacking the genuine immediate feedback. You get exactly what the fans think as soon as it happens. You don't have to go check Twitter after the show. You don't have to go uh, listen to podcasts later on the day. You get the genuine, without a doubt, this is how the fans feel right away, right away, as soon as it happens. So 
We got that there with Hulk Hogan getting booed every time he spoke and the indifference every time Titus O'Neil spoke. And for both of them being in pirate outfits is a little odd. We're going to see them uh, more and more throughout the night uh, with Bailey getting involved uh, quite often. Randy Orton versus The Fiend to open the show. White trunks from Randy Orton we saw in his entrance and he, he wrestled in white trunks and uh, white knee pads, black boots. Did I say something along those lines in my uh, Don't Gamble episode for the Daily DDT podcast saying not to gamble on pro wrestling? Didn't didn't I mention something like that saying, oh, uh, you know, what what uh, trunks or what shoes will uh, Randy Orton wear? Will they be white? Will they be black? What, what's the line on that, you know? And I think I mentioned that. So and that must have found its way into the universe somewhere. That must have found a way its way into the universe and right into Randy Orton's ears and then to Randy Orton's body for WrestleMania. Fun to see. So we, in a, a mystical sense, I'm going to try to run through this here. The Fiend heals himself uh, on in a video package where he goes from the burnt Fiend and he heals himself into like a new and refreshed Fiend uh, that is healed and with the, the mask that's a little, it's a newer mask, if you will. The Jack in the Box entrance as the Jack in the Box is like directly next to the ring. A new mask for the Fiend, as I mentioned, where the features are a little bit sharper so I, I, that's how I sort of saw it. I think it's a new mask. It looks like a new mask. And it was definitely Bray Wyatt underneath the mask, as you can see the tattoo on the back of his neck. And also you can see his body shape as well, knowing that it's definitely going to be Bray Wyatt. The Fiend pops out of the Jack in the Box to attack or in to start the match. We have an RKO reversion to a mandible claw. Black goo towards the back end of the match starts coming out of uh, the crown of Alexa Bliss, who is sitting on top of the Jack in the Box to distract. The distraction allows for an RKO from Randy Orton and for him to win. The screen goes black as both Alexa Bliss and The Fiend are staring at each other once it reappears. They are both missing and uh, everything has gone back to normal. And the crowd boos, give him a nice hard boo at WrestleMania. And once again, as I made the, the point of between Hulk Hogan and Ted Sonia, I think it's even more fitting here. You get that immediate reaction from the fans. I, th I think if this was in the Thunderdome or something like that, it would have been more of like an ooh sound, like, oh, no, no, what's going on? Or it would have been silent than just a random crowd pop as uh, it fades back to Tom Phillips or, or Michael Cole. Tom Phillips not even with the WWE anymore. And that would be news later. Um, we could fade back to Michael Cole and just be like, ooh, I wonder what happened there. But no, everyone, genu rightfully so, at WrestleMania goes, boo, well, this, is, this is not what we wanted to see. One, we didn't want to see The Fiend lose, given that he was the babyface in this match. Funny enough, he was the babyface in this match, and Randy Orton was the heel. But at the same exact time, this is also WrestleMania. This is I had a couple conversations with friends after this match happened. I got a couple FaceTime calls, got a couple texts, saying, Jaden, what's going on? Yeah, do, you, do you understand what's happening here? Because most of them are obviously aren't as indulged in professional wrestling as I've been for the past two months. And they, they're all here watching WrestleMania, having a good time. And they're, they're confused as much as I am. I'm like, do you know what's going on? I'm like, no, I was about to ask you <laughs> if you understood it. And I even wrote that on Twitter. If anyone understood what happened, let me know. I think uh, we're going to obviously see something on the, this episode coming up of Monday Night Raw tonight. But this is WrestleMania. This is where storylines are supposed to come to an end. This is where we're supposed to know, all right, this is where the line has been drawn and you know it's over here. And that would have been the most fitting by Randy Orton taking the loss. And it's the return of the Fiend, the triumphant return of the Fiend. Now the Fiend obviously looking in a weakened state, losing this match at WrestleMania, obviously because of a distraction due to Alexa Bliss. But now, as the story continues to progress, and yes, all oh, pro wrestling is all about storytelling, this is where the story is supposed to end here at WrestleMania. I guess you could also argue this is where stories kind of begin as well at WrestleMania, but not to open the show. This is what sets the tone for WrestleMania, and for the show to be set with a boo 
is not really what you want to see. I think I had a lot of people confused, had me confused going forward, and yeah, I'm a little bit upset. Also, I had the Fiend winning in this one, so that also hurt my uh, my picks here a little bit. But uh, I'm just upset that the show had a start in such a way where it not only made people confused, also made people com- upset going forward throughout the night and really didn't see the fans pick up to the level as we saw on night one, almost all up until the, the match before the main event, which was um, Rhea Ripley and Asuka. That's where we really saw fans start to see some resurgence. But uh, throughout the rest of the night, I wouldn't say the fans were, were, were dead. I wouldn't say the fans were, weren't really in it, but it was this really took the sale, the wind out of everyone's sails, uh, part of my, my pun, given that this is a pirate WrestleMania. Natalia versus Tamina versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax coming into this match as the champions. A huge double body drop onto Nia Jax, getting her to the ground. Tamina continues to try to body slam Jax and fails. A strong knee strike from Baszler. Tamina enters on a hot tag but can't get the pinfall. Huge double cross body from Jax, uh, crushing both Natalia and Tamina. Tamina able to slam Jax but can't get the pinfall and slam there I use in a um, a very forgiving term, given that it wasn't really much of a slam either. Could barely get Nia Jax up to Mina, but I don't blame her given that that would be a huge feat of strength. Tamina misses the splash. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retain after a Kafuta clutch is locked in onto, I believe, Natalia. The match was okay. Tamina and Natalia got their shine, but others I feel like deserve it at this point, uh, given the fact that the, you know, the Riot Squad are young given the fact that uh, I know I wish we could see Carmella and not Carmella uh, uh, Billy Kay and uh, Peyton Royce once again back in a tag team you have Mandy Rose even though she fell on her way down to the match for night 1 I feel like we could have seen uh, someone better there uh Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke we could have seen a better team there it's just a shame that not only did Natalia and Tamina both have this match, but they also lost this match. Is this a passing of the torch, if you will? Even the fact, though, the fact that they're not a tag team, they haven't been a tag team for a long time. It's not like uh, this is like the older generation giving it to the younger generation and, and Baszler and Jax. It could be perceived in that type of way. But to me, this match was was okay. It was a good match. It did what it had to do. Funny enough, this match was longer than uh, at least the whole segment was. Was I think the whole match itself was longer than the Raw Women's uh, Championship match, which uh, I found surprising because the Raw Women's Championship match felt uh, it felt long, but in a good way. It felt like it was a match that deserved to be long, not not something like this. But it was, it was okay match. It was my favorite one uh, of the night by any means. Uh, Sami Zayn versus, uh, excuse me, Sami Zayn with Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens. Thank God Logan Paul isn't involved. Well, we, I, I can't really speak after how well we saw Bad Bunny. Maybe we could see others replicate the same type of action. But Sami Zayn with Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens fired up, off to a hot start. Graves corrected Cole about a move being saved uh, from the internet at this point because uh, we've seen Cole mess up. Uh, I, I I missed it. And not that I wouldn't say I missed it, but I heard it, but I didn't feel like, uh, what's it called? That it was worthy to be acknowledged to the point where uh, Cole messed up uh, Bianca Belair's uh, victory. She said he said that Sasha Banks kicked out of the KOD, but obviously didn't kick out and won off of one KOD. And he was like, "Banks kicked out, Banks kicked out." I'm like, no, well, they won. Oh my goodness, <laughs> pretty much changing up the script right there. So I thought that was fun. Obviously, a big mistake there by Michael Cole, and gonna have to be edited in the future to see how that's gonna change. But Honestly, better off just to pod down his mic and just let the moment happen. 
in the, in my in my mind if you're going to fix it. Great back and forth and huge suplexes from both. Haluva kick to Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens reverses with a second super kick. A stunner by Kevin Owens to pick up the win. Paul goes to shake KO's hand. Uh, Sami Zayn gets mad because of that. And then Paul stuns, uh, gets stunned by uh, Kevin Owens. And uh, fun match. I thought this was pretty cool. Uh, I thought it was great between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. A lot of suplex spots here in this one. Uh, as I mentioned, like, Huge suplexes, and I feel like that was one of the main focal points of this match. Each trying to trade suplexes, blow for blow, going off the top rope, doing it onto the apron, onto the outside, Logan Paul watching on. And then Paul obviously getting stunned by Kevin Owens because that is just something that I feel like is in his uh, contract at the end of the night. That's what he was going to get there to get paid for, to get stunned. And then on Twitter later on in the night, I believe Logan Paul posted a picture of himself laying down and also Nate Robinson laying down on the ground. At the end of the day, Logan Paul is the ultimate victor here as he leaves with the payday. Even though he gets the unfortunate image of him be getting stunned, there's an unfortunate image of a lot of people getting stunned, including Trump, including, you know, a ton of people have gotten stunned before in the past. So it's not a, it's not a, it's not new. But uh, it's still nice to see. I thought this was a good match. Did it need Logan Paul? No, it didn't need Logan Paul at all. But I thought these two definitely put on a good performance that um, was definitely well-deserved between the two because they've had, they have earned a WrestleMania moment between themselves. They've earned an opportunity for those two uh, to finally perform on the grandest stage possible. Kevin Owens even said it himself in his Talking Smack promo at the start of WrestleMania Night 1 saying that, oh, they wrestled all around the world uh, through Canada because they're both from Canada, then all around the world from there, uh, given that they've done so many matches together that they'd now finally be able to do on the grandest stage of them all is the opportunity that they finally both deserve. And uh, they, that they couldn't have said any better myself. That that was it right there. Kevin Owens came out and performed. So did Sami Zayn. Fantastic match between the two. Uh, did it need Logan Paul once again? No. But with him there, did it change anything involving the match? No, he didn't get involved in the match, which is good. Because a lot of people, won't, there's no complaining now. No one can complain. Oh, Logan Paul was there. Messed up the, the singles match that they had at WrestleMania. No, I didn't complain. If anything, it, it advanced it because if something happened after the match. You know, it was after everything was all said and done. If you look at it from, from bell to bell and then turn it off, it was a great match. I thought I enjoyed it. Sheamus reverses Riddle for the United States Championship. Riddle coming into this match as the United States Champion. Great back and forth over the head. Belly to belly suplex from Riddle. Great near fall from both. Sheamus with a uh, knee strike slash bro kick. Or I don't even believe what they're trying to call it anymore. As Riddle was going for a moonsault. Uh, to win the United States Championship. I called it. I called it in this one. Uh, I knew Sheamus in this one was going to pick up the United States Championship. That's what I had in my predictions episode. And now going forward, uh, I, as I talk about Riddle here, uh, the WWE, it giveth and it taketh away. You know, if you're not careful in the case of Riddle and you're walking on thin ice here and you mess up a couple times with the promo stuff and they have you on TV a lot. They have you on TV a lot, Riddle. So they've given you a lot, much like they've given our truth a lot. They've given him a lot of opportunities to be on TV. And obviously, our truth and Riddle in, in, in completely different lights. But Riddle can go down the path of our truth if he's not careful. We all know how a great talent he can be in the ring. We've seen it in NXT. He was a, a super, super, superstar in NXT and uh, was a, a great. A physical specimen and everything he was able to do uh, you know with those shoes and all stuff like that his gimmick was over as ever and now in the main roster a lot of people expected that to translate and I think it, it is translating to a point where people understand what he can do in the ring it's, it's very good and also people understand what he can do on the microphone and also uh, it, it's there and it's good as well but the gimmick that he has running right now as, as the pothead 
and it's it's I'm not lying when I say that he had the backstage promo in this WrestleMania with RVD and Greg Kali RVD's trying to sell his uh, rolling papers and which I thought was it was funny but for WrestleMania it might have been a little too much but I thought it was funny and uh, you just gotta be careful if you're Riddle man because it, it give us and take it to give it and take it away because uh, he had this United States Championship run. Honestly, didn't really do much with it. I didn't really, it, it didn't really progress anybody else. Didn't really progress himself. If anything, I feel like it regressed himself a little bit ever since he's come into the WWE in the main roster. Given the fact that now that we see him sort of regressing into more of a comedic relief role, it, it, we all know how legit he can be in the ring. Much like how we all know our truth can hold his own in the ring as well. I know we're talking about two very different people here, but if you can see the correlations, Riddle can fall down that path which scares me a bit all right we're going to take a quick break but when we come back we're going to be talking about the second half of wrestlemania night 2 biggie versus apollo cruz in the nigerian jump fight we also have rhea ripley versus asuka for the raw women's championship and of course our main event between daniel bryan edge and roman reigns for the universal championship something you're not going to want to miss my thoughts here are very in-depth so stick with us right here on the daily ddt podcast Welcome back to the Daily DDT Podcast. I'm Jaden Becker running through WrestleMania Night 2. Once again, getting back into it with the second half, starting off with Biggie and Apollo Crews. Before I start off again, I just want a reminder that uh, right now I am back in Queens, New York. I have airplanes flying overhead. If you hear me stop and starting and uh, the audio changing a little bit because I'm realizing, oh, there's an airplane over my house. Or if you hear uh, highway sounds, I live next to a highway as well. So nothing really you can't do at this point. Uh, I'm going back to Ithaca College uh, today. Actually, as you're hearing this, I'm probably going to be on the road and uh, I'll be back in Ithaca for Monday Night Raw, and uh, hopefully things will be much quieter there compared to how it is right here. Once I get back home for over the summer, gonna have to figure out how to better uh, make my room a little bit more soundproof, but uh, that is a, a challenge we will take on a little bit later in late May after my college semester finishes at Ithaca College. So it uh, should be fun to see. should be fun to see how I'm going to set this all up. I'm, I'm honestly also thinking about moving to a half video format, half podcast format uh, to, to you know, better pro- progress a, a, a television career as well. So I think I got the face for it. You know, I'm, I don't have to be stuck behind a microphone and headsets. I think I got the face for it. I can do it. All right, moving on. Big E versus Apollo Crews for the uh, Intercontinental Championship in the uh, Nigerian drum fight that was brought up by Apollo Crews a few weeks back. Wale performing Big E's entrance. I thought this was really nice, and Wale did a great job. Big E also really invested as well, wearing a great, great ring gear. I think it, it said Feeding Tampa Bay, or it was a Feeding America type thing, but I think it said Feeding Tampa Bay, and it was a green and orange. Uh, really nice, really, really nice on Big E's part. Uh, and uh, Apollo Crews comes out with his basic SmackDown entrance. He comes out with the big basic entrance. Yes, he's holding his big uh, staff, his big spear and everything like that. But it really bothered me at this point because the time Crews should be going all out with uh, the Nigerian gimmick, being the real African-American, the time where Apollo Crews could finally go in with the whole pop and circumstance with the Nigerian gimmick, 
This was the time to do it. Why not come out with people carrying drums and doing all this? It's a Nigerian drum fight, so why not have people bringing the drums down to the ring be his people and make it a whole big event there and a whole big entrance for him, for Apollo Crews? This is his moment that he's been waiting for, finding something. He has a gimmick that is somewhat substantial, better than just him saying, oh, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm Apollo Crews. I work hard, and I do flips, and that's me. No, now he finally has a, a gimmick that people can sink their teeth into, and it could have had a fantastic uh, Nigerian full-blown gimmick here, gimmick entrance, which I would have loved. But no, he just comes up with a regular old entrance, which bothered me to no end because, you know, he's willing to come out with his militia guards and all this stuff like that for an episode of SmackDown when he first introduces his gimmick. But no, for WrestleMania, the grandest stage in the mall where you're finally allowed to do something this huge and this ginormous, he doesn't. He doesn't do it there. So that that's what bothered me to no end. Drums and cymbals ringside. I was scared this was going to be like a symphony match, but no, it, it, it wasn't all the instruments. It was just drums and percussions and stuff like that. Both go to the kendo sticks early on and swing at each other like baseball bats. Uh, I thought this was great because the kendo sticks probably make the best sound out of all the uh, weapons underneath the ring. Uh, you know, the, the ladder makes a good sound. The table makes a good sound. The chairs make a good sound. But the kendo sticks has a very specific thwack. A good percussion there if you're going with a Nigerian jump fight gimmick. A spear to the outside by Big E through the ropes onto Apollo Crews. A Uranagi onto the steel steps by Big E. I thought this was great, given that the Uranagi wasn't in the corner like we see in every other match from Big E. As well, oh, Big E's in the corner. What's going to happen? Oh, Apollo Crews is running out of up oh, Uranagi. No, this was on the apron, dropping Apollo Crews down to the steel, uh, the bottom half of the steel steps, uh, and Big E with a great spot there. Cruz uh, hits a splash through the, excuse me, he misses a splash through the table and uh, thus hurting himself. This allows Big E to try and get, take advantage of the injured Apollo Cruz. But of all people in the world to come out and, and interfere in this match, probably the last person I would have expected to come out and enter, Dabakato enters and attacks Big E, allowing Apollo Cruz to win. Dabakato picks up uh, the the assist here for Cruz's victory, and Cruz now the new Intercontinental Champion here. If you remember the name Dabakato, but you can't put your your finger on it, as a lot of people could, I don't even think the commentary team remembered who Dabakato was, and I don't even think they're going to call him Dabakato moving forward. He's moving into a type of general gimmick, if you will, because that that is the uniform that he was wearing. Uh, Dabakato is from Raw Underground. Raw Underground, if you're new to pro wrestling and you're just getting into this podcast, over the summer of 2020 through the pandemic, WWE dedicated about 30 minutes of Monday Night Raw a week to a type of underground style form of pro wrestling slash fighting slash MMA. Uh, to a point where it, it was like an underground type of... It, 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 on paper, it sounds kind of cool, now that I try to mention it, but in, in actual progress, it was run by Shane McMahon, uh, gimmickly run by Shane McMahon, and uh, it, it it was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It was Sometimes it was bad, but it wasn't like awesome either. Uh, the first episode, when they did, I thought it was pretty cool. Omos used to be the bodyguard for the whole run, Raw Underground thing before Omos was a thing with AJ Styles. So uh, I, I would recommend going back and watch a couple clips of it because that's going to do a better job describing it than I am because Raw Underground was just a very, very weird type of uh, universe, life that we lived in the pandemic era of pro wrestling. So in my notes here, I have after this match, WTF is going on. 
Because at this point in WrestleMania, everyone's kind of confused. Everyone's kind of misled. Especially after the Randy Orton Fiend match, everyone's just like, what's going on here? What did I pay for? Because night one was really good. And now night, okay, night one is how we wish WWE was booking all the time. And night two is how WWE usually books. So that that is sort of my comparison there. As we move on, we're going to see things sort of even out a little bit, especially as we get into the two main events. Uh, well, the one main event and the Raw Women's Championship match. So, moving on, Rhea Ripley versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley might be the only person with more matches at Mania than on the main roster for the WWE. She had her match against Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Flair uh, at uh, WrestleMania 36 for the NXT Championship and NXT Women's Championship, and now uh, she's having this match against Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship, so two Manias, two title matches, back-to-back for Rhea Ripley, and uh, looking impressive early on as Asuka can't really get much going. Asuka picks up steam but can't keep Ripley down. Ripley drops Asuka outside with a drop kick off the top rope. A huge DDT to the outside by Asuka uh, from the apron onto the floor. Back and forth near falls. Riptide from Rhea Ripley to win the Raw Women's Championship. She looks absolutely fantastic with the belt. As soon as she held it, she you knew that that belt was meant to be on her shoulder. And Asuka's time was up. Asuka has held this Raw Women's Championship, I believe, through, she held it at at Money in the Bank, that's when she got it first, and then, I believe, Sasha Banks held it for a little bit throughout the summer when they had, quote-unquote, all the gold, and then Asuka was able to get it back, so, from that standpoint, Asuka had pretty much held this belt since summer of 2020 and she hasn't really done anything with it besides the run that she had with Sasha Banks. She held this belt for so long with no story really being told through Asuka given the fact that there was just no one there on that Raw Women's roster that can be faced up head-to-head with Asuka also because Charlotte Flair was out for the majority of time. So Asuka was just put in a tough spot where she had a long title reign, but once again, did nothing really with it. I mean, she had matches in the pre-show with Zelina Vega for the Raw Women's Championships. She had the, a matchup with Mickey James for the Raw Women's Championship at pay-per-views. At pay-per-views. So what am I supposed to do? Root for Asuka? Like, yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's being booked She's being booked terribly, but oh, I have to keep him rooting for her because we all know her talent. Yeah, I understand that, but it, WWE gives me nothing to, to hold on to here. She hasn't really beat nobody in the past couple months. What am I supposed to do? Continue to, to root for her? No, I can't really I can't really at this moment. So I wonder what's going to be the next for Asuka. I think hopefully for Asuka's sake, she takes a little bit of time off for her sake because uh, I think she once deserves it because she's been a, a, a driver here for the WWE since the start of the pandemic, the, the really carrying most of the pandemic, at least the beginning part of it, off of her shoulders when things were actually looking good for the Raw Women's Division. And now she's gone through the whole, all, all summer, all fall, all winter, and now heading into spring of 2021, looking as if like she's been working tirelessly for almost nothing now just to get Rhea Ripley over. And uh, I think she deserves a break. So I hope she's off TV. If not for a bad, anything bad, just off, off TV just to give us a refresher. And uh, next should be Flair versus Ripley at some point. Probably going to happen at Money in the Bank, if I'm being honest with you, because they can't be patient with anything. But I'm, I hope this uh, the huge blow-off between Flair and Ripley 
will be at SummerSlam. That's what I'm hoping. But we're probably going to see a match at Backlash or Money in the Bank prior to Flair and Ripley at uh, SummerSlam, which I'm hoping for. But good match between Ripley and Asuka. Ripley's great, and Ripley's going to be the future of, of the women's division as uh, Ripley and Bianca Belair now carry the torch going forward. As I wouldn't say that all oh, well, Banks' time is done. I wouldn't say Flair's time is done. Becky Lynch is going to be coming back soon. Bailey is being Bailey right now, and, and not in a bad way. I just really praying for her to, to find her way back. I'm not saying that their time is up. I'm saying that there's new heads in town, much like how. Uh, Batista and John Cena both won at WrestleMania 22. Uh, both Rhea Ripley and uh, Bianca Belair both get their wins at WrestleMania 37. Now signifying a new era in women's wrestling. And uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm very, very, very excited to see it. Can't wait till there's more NXT call-ups from the women's division uh, to help develop now uh, more stars going forward in the years to come. And uh, the next segment, Nikki and Brie Bella attack Bailey. Bailey all night trying to uh, be the third host with Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil. Not sure why Bailey would want to be associated with Hulk Hogan or Titus O'Neil at this point. If that's the way that she's the path she's heading down, uh, that's going to be tough. Nikki and Brie Bella both attack Bailey, and fans boo Nikki and Brie Bella deservedly so because uh, Bailey deserves to be on this card, and she des- deserves to have at least a match here against somebody at this point. And uh, for Nikki and Brie Bella to get these boos, man, they deserve it. Man, they deserve it. Nothing against them, and yeah, are they probably going to get one more match here in the WWE? Probably at some point. I think they're going to get one more match. And um, but are they gonna win it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, is it gonna be for the? Is it gonna be for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships? Ah, probably. You know, the, at this point, just throw it up into the air because who knows? But uh, uh, Bailey getting not getting, but Bailey pretty much getting cheered here, and Nikki and B. Bella getting booed. It, uh, hit WWE another point right here where I've said it a couple times in this episode. You're getting the immediate fan feedback, letting you know, hey, we want to see Bailey. We want to see her wrestling. We want to see her more involved, not in this microphone role. We want to see her in ring, and we don't want to see these superstars of the past. We want to see Bailey now. Uh, that's huge, you know. Getting the immediate fan reaction. Vince is there listening, and uh, yeah, I'm sure he heard it. I'm sure he heard it. Twenty-five thousand screaming at you. Moving on to the main event of WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan versus Edge versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Big cheers for Bryan as expected, but wanted to be sure here that you know his, his he hasn't lost his luster in any way, shape, or form. Big cheers for Daniel Bryan. Big cheers, of course, with the yes chance. And then when Edge makes his entrance, a huge pop for Edge. Great ring gear for Edge as well with the white and red looking really, really nice. But a huge pop for Edge making his entrance and a huge pop for him throughout the entirety of the main event. And then the person that that had the biggest question mark next to their name, how that was going to be reacted to, Roman Reigns getting cheered. And deservingly so, as I put my foot down, deservingly so, Roman Reigns getting his cheers as he makes his entrance. And as uh, the night goes on, the reaction kind of changes, but in a good way. A great pyro for Edge and Roman Reigns. And uh, I'm just happy to see these three in the main event, those three standing next to each other in the main event of WrestleMania. I've talked about this multiple times in the podcast. I even made a whole podcast dedicated to this match and what it means for all three guys. Daniel Bryan coming back from concussions and having to retire for a short amount of time. Edge coming back from neck injuries, having to retire for, for 10 years. And for, for Roman Reigns getting leukemia, being diagnosed with leukemia and finding his way back to the WWE after going into uh, remission from leukemia. All three of these stars 
at a one point in their career not showing it if they ever step back into a wrestling ring all three of them making their return and now on the main event of wrestlemania roman reigns dropping brian at the start of the match as soon as the bell rings and that sort of was the story of this night that roman and edge attacking brian at all costs not really double teaming but in a sense of why are you in our match pretty much uso attacks brian outside of the ring and uso does the same with edge Edge with an execution onto Uso onto the steel steps. Uh, Uso was brought to the back after uh, that move, uh, given that you know that, that was the move meant to take him out of the match so he doesn't get involved uh, going forward. Edge and Reigns both go sp- uh, for spears at one another, hitting each other's shoulders at the same time. Yes kicks from Brian along with the yes lock. Uh, Roman sucks chance, which is absolutely perfect. You want to hear the Roman sucks chance because uh, I. How I perceived it, it didn't sound like Roman sucks as as we heard in the past. Obviously, in the WrestleMania 32s and you know all these WrestleManias in the past, where Roman Reigns being forced down our throats. This is the 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 Roman sucks chance that we want to hear. This and even if they aren't, Roman Reigns finally finally gets to respond back to the crowd saying, oh, I suck now, huh? I suck now. Or, or something along those lines where he's making him, he's now finally able to acknowledge that he is a heel in, in a sense. He wasn't a heel in the past, but he's finally now as a heel is able to acknowledge the crowd reaction, boo or cheer. He's finally able to do that, which is a huge moment for Roman Reigns. Bryant sent through the announce table by Roman Reigns, a spear by Edge, crossface, and yes lock when Daniel Bryan recovers, put on Roman at the same exact time by Edge and Daniel Bryan. A spear by Edge to Bryan and Roman, uh, but a pin stopped by Bryan pulling the ref out of the ring. A concerto onto Daniel Bryan. Uso makes his uh, return back to action uh, after uh, the concerto, excuse me, after the execution onto the steel steps. Uso saves Reigns. Reigns spears Edge. Reigns uh, puts uh, salt into the wound and hits a concerto onto Edge. Pulls Edge over Brian and pins both Brian and Edge at the same exact time to retain the Universal Championship. The absolute disrespect. Oh, well, talk about rubbing salt in the wound. Disrespect. Pinning both at the same time, looking ex- directly at the camera, saying that this is his time now. Not just pinning Brian, not just pinning Edge, but both at the same time. I absolutely love it absolutely love it this is the highlight of the whole night coming from the main event and usually where it deserves to come from the main event but uh, we saw on night one that it came from other places which was awesome which was definitely awesome uh, i love this match i thought this match did a really really good job compared to the other matches on the card this one was the one that finally executed in what even though it was the main event and you might be thinking oh after a two-night wrestlemania fans might be out of it no they were completely invested into this one which is the same to see, meaning that they could have possibly been invested into a lot of the other matches throughout the night. But uh, they, they were right to, to make this match uh, the one that they cheered the most for because this was the main event. This was the match they've been waiting the most for. And uh, I think it delivered in a way that a lot of us expected it to. And it went above and beyond the end with Roman Reigns you know, standing tall with the championship and getting, and he got his cheers. He got his cheers at the end there because a lot of people wanted to see Roman Reigns pick up that win, especially now as this heel. People are finally have something, as I like to say, sink their teeth into. It's not just a poster boy for the WWE going along, la da da, I'm the champion now. No, he's here to run the show. He is the head of the table, and people are finally happy, happy to see that he acknowledges that as well. Well, 
let's get into final grades here. Not as good as Night 1, Night 2 was. I gave Night 1 an A, and the A was heading close to an A+. That's how close I was. Like, that would be like a 96 on a scale of 100. Well, Night 2 did not deliver in the sense that I expected Night 2 uh, to be able to. I'm going to give Night 2 a B-. Uh, given the fact that I, maybe this could be me changing, not changing, but having these grades here a little bit skewed in a sense, uh, given how good night one was, so let's keep that bias in mind. But Randy Orton, the Fiend match to open the show, he could have delivered on a way that, that set the tone for the rest of the night that helped everything out. That match sort of soured the tone for the rest of the night and hurt uh, a lot going forward. Natalia and Tamina, that match went pretty long, and for Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax to come out on top, Expected, but still a shame there. Sami Zayn and Kevin and Kevin Owens had a good match. Uh, Sheamus and Riddle had a good match, even though there was a couple of botches involved there with Sheamus. New champion, however, thought that was fun. Uh, Big E and Apollo Crews, yeah, they had a good match as well. Rhea, Rhea Ripley and Asuka saw the match. Uh, the Nikki, Brella, Nikki and Brie Palace segment a little bit odd. And Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Roman Reigns. But the fan involvement wasn't really there all the way up until Rhea Ripley and Asuka, even though these matches in a... In a in isolation, were good with Sheamus and, uh, and Riddle and Biggie and Apollo Crews. In isolation, they were good. It, it the fan reaction wasn't really there, sort of hurting it for me, especially after the, how the night opened. And now knowing the potential of what WWE could have done with WrestleMania, knowing how good Night One was, I would have loved to see the same with Night Two. Same thing with happened with NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver, so which was sort of the same to see as well. So if you average out those grades and then you put the A with the B minus, does that average out to? To, I'm going to give it a firm B+. Plus. I'm giving it a firm B+, plus, trending towards an A-. Minus. Uh, and and uh, I think that gives it a benefit of the doubt with with uh, how great Night 1 was. Night 1 was probably... WrestleMania 37 Night 1 was probably the best show WWE has put on in years. WrestleMania Night 1... WrestleMania Night 2 was probably the show that a lot of people expected WWE to put on for WrestleMania. WrestleMania Night 1 is a, oh, the show that we wished WWE would book like all the time. WrestleMania Night 2 was a show that we usually see WWE book like quite often. So, with that being said, we had the full overall taste of what wrestling could be like in those two nights. And uh, what I think what WWE deserves is an A++++ for finally getting fans back in the stadiums. 25,000 fans at WrestleMania 37. For both nights, uh, I think between 25,000 each, so making that 50,000 total. Uh, but obviously, some people going for two nights, so that's understandable as well. But uh, awesome to see, awesome to see A++++ getting fans back in the stadium, obviously in a safe precaution, even though we didn't see a lot of masks being worn at uh, WrestleMania. I'll, I'll let, I'll let, uh, at this point, I'll, I'll kind of look the other way because I, I, I just want to see fans back. I just want to see our sense of normalcy coming back to professional wrestling because professional wrestling is so much better, so much better with fans in the stadium. So much, it, it makes the world a difference. We, I, I've said it multiple times throughout this podcast, you get the immediate, genuine fan reaction as soon as something happens you get to know exactly how the fans feel you do not get to misinterpret it through twitter and through podcasts and through blog posts or anything like that it's not construed you don't get to think about it a little bit later you, you don't get to reword yourself if you're making a tweet or if you're speaking into a microphone or if you're writing a blog if you're at attendance there your immediate emotional guttural reaction comes out and it goes direct 
directly to the ears of Vince McMahon and Creative, letting them know exactly how you feel when you see something that you don't like or it's something that you absolutely love. And that is what pro wrestling is all about, the fan reaction right there for you and uh, to be entertained in a sense like that. Uh, I thought this was a very good WrestleMania. I thought this WrestleMania delivered in a lot of ways more than a lot of people expected to. This is the first time we saw fans back in a long time, and I think WWE could have been very tentative. A lot of things could have gone wrong here. There could have been a lot more COVID issues. There could have been a lot more rain issues that, that I don't even think we. a lot of people expected there to be. But... In Tampa Bay, those things happen, and WWE were able to think on their toes night one, able to fill 30 or 5 minutes or so with a promo content that we wish we could see more from the WWE more often, to see more unscripted promos, more unplanned promos, things that just happen out of the blue because we we love those things. We As fans, we love to see things that um, are, are so kind of off the rails and we don't even know what's going to happen next, and that's what pro wrestling is all about. So uh, I think WWE, if I'm grading the show from an analytical perspective and like, oh, going through each match and saying uh, what went right, what went wrong, what WWE could have done better when it comes to booking and, and storylines and everything like that, I'm giving it a B-plus trending towards an A-minus. But if I'm giving the execution of it all, Bringing fans back into the stadium, bringing uh, WrestleMania back into our homes, not from a performance center, not from the Thunderdome, but from an actual pro wrestling perspective of what fans in stadiums and what it used to look like before the COVID era of everything, uh, I give them an A++++. Uh, I, I'm forever thankful because they're one of the first ones to do that. And uh, even though AEW has been working in that type of direction and we're getting those crowd reactions, we're not seeing them in the hard cam, which we would all love to see once again. So uh, A++ for WWE and WrestleMania, bringing fans back with B+, uh, for the actual booking of the show. Looking on to our next episode tonight is Monday Night Raw. I will be giving you my review. A new Raw Women's Champion is, was crowned at WrestleMania, so was a new United States Champion. And we are still living in the almighty era as Bobby Lashley retained his WWE Championship against Drew McIntyre in Night 1. I'm also bringing back news and on this day in pro wrestling, that is all returning as well. I know you guys missed that and that's one of my favorite parts of the Daily DDT Podcast, giving you the news of the day, combing through all the... Um, if you will, all the all the mess that, that news culture can be in pro wrestling with all the rumors and all the hot takes and everything like that. I like to give you the true news going forward. And that's all from me. Remember to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code FANSIDE20 at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you can never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.